How's it going, everybody? You're listening to Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a through hiker. I am a peak bagger. I am a huge hiking nerd. And every single week on this podcast, I chat with other through hikers, other peak baggers, and other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. And let me tell you, folks, big episode. This is a big, big episode. Jupiter Hikes is on the show. He recently passed the 10,000 mile mark. Absolutely insane. This dude has done the International Appalachian Trail. That is, he has hiked all the way from Quebec to Florida. Just super, super crazy. We talk a little bit about that. And most of the conversation is actually focused around the Florida Trail. It's been a long time since the Florida Trail has been talked about on this podcast. And basically, What we do for the first part of the episode, the first half I'd say, is I go through some of my concerns with the Florida Trail, you know, as a Vermonter, lived here my whole life. Florida kind of scares me a little bit, honestly, so I go through things like the snakes and the water and the roadwalks and all of the, quote, negative things that I hear about the Florida Trail, and Jupiter basically kind of talks about those things and tries to sell me on why they're not that bad, and I gotta say, he did a pretty good job because my mind is changing about the Florida Trail, and it was uh, was just a lot of fun. We talk about mail drops. Towards the end, we just get into a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, great conversation. And Jupiter, when you hear this, thank you so much for coming on. And we're going to have to do another episode soon. Folks, I know you're all locked inside right now, so you have nothing better to do than go scroll through social media. So Instagram, go follow me on Instagram. The The show's Instagram is at TrailTalesPod, and my personal Instagram is at KyleHatesHiking. If you're new, if this is your first time listening, head over to TrailTalesPod.com. I have 70 other episodes posted right now that you can go listen to after this one so go check out the website go listen to some older episodes and my youtube channel is kyle hates hiking i know some of you have already subscribed but if you haven't and you like watching hiking youtube videos be sure to go check out my channel folks we're gonna keep this one real short let's get into it my conversation with jupiter hikes florida trail class of 2020 as well as insert trail here class of insert year here because this dude has done so much stuff it's unbelievable jupiter hikes let's do it all right here we go jupiter hikes what's up man thanks so much for taking the time today yeah thank you so much for having me on here this will be a lot of fun (laughs) Dude, I love these, these things. These, these are always fun. These are always fun. It's like, it's perfect right now because we're all stuck inside and hikers can just ramble about shit for hours and hours. Any, not, we're not going to go for hours and hours, but <laughs> for a long time anyways. So, uh, so yeah, dude, yeah, this and is... get to get to know you and get to know uh, new people or have new people here. You know, what's kind of going on. I recently finished the Florida trail. So happy to talk about that. Yeah, and man. This other stuff. So it's, it's been a excited. while. It's been a while since I've talked about the Florida trail. And I think we'll, I think we'll do a decent amount of that today. So, okay. So this is what I was talking about before we started a uh, recording here. I want you, you know, over the course of the Florida trail part of the conversation, I want you to really try to sell me on it, okay? So so I've talked to a few people on, on past episodes that have hiked it, most notably Baker Bocorny, as many of my listeners know at this point. But um, he's from Florida, and you're from Florida too. That's my understanding. And I feel yeah. like you two are the only people I've ever heard that really say positive things about the Florida Trail. So I don't know if there's a correlation there. Um, I, I've never hike the Florida trail. I've only been to Florida a couple times. So yeah. Anyways, you're, I want you, I want you to sell me on this trail. Okay. Cause obviously you've done a lot of stuff sure. elsewhere as well. So you've got a good frame of reference there. Uh, before, before we get into that, why don't you just go ahead and I'm sure most people listening know who you are and all that stuff, but just introduce yourself, how you got into hiking, what you've done, all that stuff. Well, uh, I'm Jupiter and I actually just recently here on the Florida trail crossed my 10,000 mile mark. So I've hiked 10,000 miles on long distance trails across the country, (laughs) which, uh, I don't know, kind of starting off, maybe I felt, you know, it was something I just had this immense passion for. And, uh, you know, it's, I felt like maybe I would get to that point, but 
you know, certainly a lot of people will hike one trail and then, you know, find a career and settle down and all that stuff. And yeah, I guess I just never really did. So Jupiter, I'm actually from South Florida. So I've done a lot of hiking throughout Florida. I've done the Florida trail twice. I've done the Appalachian trail, the international Appalachian trail, Pinhoti trail, the Sheltoe trace trail, half of the Pacific Northwest trail, uh, about half of the Pacific Crest Trail, um, the Uinta Highline Trail, all sorts of stuff all over the country. Mm. And a lot of them have been actually smaller, lesser known trails. You know, so uh, as we're going to get into the Florida Trail, that is also a smaller, lesser known trail. And you'll see a lot of correlations, or I'll mention some, with some of these others, the Shelter We Trace or the Pacific Northwest and kind of how those trails compare. Yeah, man. Um but yeah, I've lived in South Florida for pretty much my entire life, except maybe the last like five years or something, I guess maybe six months out of each year I've been hiking, you know, somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, you know, basically come back to Florida for the winters when the rest of the hiking trails are under the snow. And currently I'm actually in Arizona. So in Arizona, nice. my girlfriend's from here and uh, we're kind of hanging out and I was planning on doing the Arizona trail, but that's not really going to be happening. So... <laughs> That's okay. You know, I figure now's a great time to kind of settle down, relook at gear as I always do, you know, get back into painting a bit since I've been off hiking and, you know, do all the things that I've kind of been putting off. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Hopefully get some more videos out too. And I know you've been posting the, uh, the ones from your most recent Florida trail hike and those have been really cool to watch. So it's a, definitely a good opportunity to just kind of sit down and crank out the content. Yeah, I think so. And just, you know, other stuff as well. I've been doing regular maintenance on my car. I changed the oil and doing taxes. And it's been great because this is stuff that like otherwise, you know, yeah. I'd probably be off somewhere else and not get to that so quickly. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I feel you. You're, you're a really good guest for the show because as many of my listeners know, I like to do episodes on those like smaller, lesser known trails. So, you know, I've talked about, like I said, the Florida Trail a couple times. The Arizona Trail, uh, I've talked about the, the Long Trail, the Northville Placid Trail, Cohas Trail, decent amount of uh, trails up here in the Northeast, but I, I love talking about this stuff. And of course, you know, lots of episodes on the AT and the PCT as well, but those, those smaller trails, I don't know, like they're just, first of all, it's nice to kind of encourage people to get out and explore some shit they might not have known about otherwise. Yeah, but... or in, explore your backyard. Like for the people that live in Kentucky that go off and hike the Appalachian Trail, it's like the Appalachian Trail is really cool, but so is the Shelter We Trace, you know, and that's like right there for you or, you know, so many different states near so many states have long trails and so many states have these incredible areas that I've come to find and love. And, you know, so exploring your backyard instead of having to travel across the country for one of the triple crown, I think is a very special thing. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I've only briefly talked about that shell trace trail or I don't even think we got into it. Isn't it what is it like 300 something miles? I honestly don't even know. Yeah, I honestly forget as well, but I think it's right around 330. Okay. And they're actually, they're planning on extending it because it doesn't go quite from border to border. So they're going to extend it a little bit further in the north. And they're actually, it already goes down south into Tennessee, but I oh, guess they're going to have it go even further. So, uh, yeah, you know, these trails growing and getting better year after year. And, you know, especially with the Sheltoe, I had discovered that like the GPS track I was using was actually outdated and <laughs> now uh, there were certain areas that they had rerouted and were way better than they were before. You know, what might have been on a forest road is now like following the banks of a lake or something. Oh, and cool. Yeah. So that was really awesome to see. See, I, I don't know anything about Kentucky, but I don't really picture there being that much there, but I have heard some cool things about that trail, so. Well, that's why I wanted to go. I said to myself, like, <laughs> and you can say this about many, many, many states, but, you know, who says they're going on vacation and they're going to Kentucky yeah, or right? <laughs> maybe Kansas or something, or I don't know. But Kentucky is actually, and any rock climber would know this, Kentucky is home to like the Red River Gorge. Oh, that's true. Which is okay, just, I've heard about that and It stuff. is, you know, a rock climbing mecca. I actually, through hiking, I went to this little pizza shop, Miguel's Pizza, and I thought it was just going to be this tiny little pizza place, you know, good local pizza. Mm -hmm. And here there was like 300 rock climbers, you know, oh, the, the living out of their vans outside of the pizza shop and camping out back of the pizza shop. And, you know, this was right in the gorge. And, you know, they know that that's a special place. And I was kind of getting to see a lot of that too. Yeah. 
Dude, that is so true, like, with the small trails. I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. Um, there's this trail down in Arkansas, the uh, Ozarks Highlands Trail. Yeah, like, the Ozark Highlands, the Ouachita, and the Ozark Trail. Those three are all parallel each other. Uh, you know, I think the Ouachita is the most southern one. And okay, then okay. Ozark Trail, Ozark Highlands, maybe. But I've heard those are awesome trails, too. And I really wanted to do one of those this year as well. But the timing hasn't quite worked out. Yeah, it's you know, I was now. on the Florida Trail a little bit longer than I was planning. So, you know, uh, but all three of those trails are like 200-something miles or 300 miles. And mm-hmm. they all look awesome. You Definitely. know, just incredible, like, rock formations and rock walls. And, yeah, very exciting. It's just like I I have, like, all these little trails on my list. and that, And that's one of them. And a huge reason why, honestly, is because I'm just, like, there's no other, like, reason that I'm ever going to go to, like, Arkansas, you know? Like, it's, if anything, it's because I'm kind of, like, a geography nerd and, and I want to visit every state and all this stuff. But, like, I feel like I just don't have a reason to go to, like, freaking Arkansas other than to do a trail. And, and that could be true for lots of other places, you know, throughout the country or even the world. So, it's it's almost just, like, an excuse to, to get out to places. And so, I'm glad that you, in you know, I, I know a lot of people listening feel this way as well. I, I'm just glad that people kind of understand that there are other trails to talk about besides the eight or to to hike and talk about stuff besides just the at and the pct and stuff so anyways dude um florida trail so you you've done it you've done it a couple times right yeah this was actually my second time through hiking it though uh just various section hikes and things i guess i've gathered uh quite a lot of miles yeah not through hiking it as well just doing smaller sections here and there well isn't there and like uh, um a certain section of it that you've done like a bunch of times or like a yeah it's almost like so, its own little trail or something i like i i'm not really sure honestly yeah i'm, I'm from uh, jupiter florida which is kind of like a sleepy little surfer town on the coast or at least it used to be now i guess more people are moving there mm-hmm. but jupiter and uh, palm beach county is home to the ocean lake trail the ocean lake trail isn't part of the national scenic trail per se so you'll never hit it if you're through hiking the florida trail uh, unless you really want to add on like 60 miles or something but it's a 60 mile side trail on the florida trail okay and it goes from lake okeechobee all the way to the atlantic ocean so it's got these really two awesome termini you know you're either starting at this massive lake that's like you know, half the size of Rhode Island or you're finishing on a beach. So that's a really cool little feature, but it's this 60 mile trail. And I've always felt that it's kind of, um, you know, if you're going to hike the Florida trail, that this is a great primer because this path takes you through so many of the different ecosystems that you're going to run into out on the national scenic trail. You know, you go through these sand dunes near the coast or the slash pine forests or the oak hammocks and palm hammocks and the swamps and wetlands and so you really get a good feel for like what Florida is yeah. by doing that trail. And yeah, and I've done that trail, I think like 20 times or 21 <laughs> times. So, Jeez. you know, you do the math on 62 miles plus or times 20 and uh, it's quite a few. But Dude. yeah, that was always like my training grounds for, you know, because I've always been a big advocate of, you know, if you don't have a lot of hiking experience, but you want to hike the Appalachian Trail, uh, you know, the best thing to do is maybe not just get online and kill yourself looking at gear. It's to get out and go hiking. It's to get out and go backpacking. So that's I what agree. I use it for is just, you know, training grounds and testing out gear and testing out myself. And, you know, so it's phenomenal to have something like that nearby. And I think a lot of people have s- similar things nearby or at least close oh, yeah. enough oh, yeah. to get out a couple times here or there throughout the year. It's cool to hear about that because I... We'll see based on how this conversation goes, but I, I've I've kind of always been in the camp of, eh, I don't think I'm ever going to hike the Florida Trail, or not a strong desire to hike the Florida Trail, but it would be cool to just kind of do like a shorter hike down there. Like I, I wouldn't just rule out ever hiking in Florida completely, so maybe I should just start with that uh, like shorter trail first, and then really kind of decide whether or not I can uh, if I, I can deal with the uh, the Florida shit. I don't know. Another great section uh, that I have always recommended is the Swanee River section of the Florida Trail, and it's again 60 miles. So you know this is something you can do in a break from work or break oh, yeah. from your career for family, you know, without really investing a lot of time or money into it. 
you know, so the 60 miles you're hiking along the Suwannee River the entire way. It's just this beautiful ancient river with these like towering oaks above it. There's even like two shelters along this 60 mile stretch and oh, you nice. Know, a nice, a nice little town or you could always leave trail and there's like little gas stations that aren't too far off. So if you wanted to get coffee or a little chicken sandwich or something, you could do that as well. Cool. But the Suwannee River, that's like the other section that I totally recommend. Dude, tell me about the uh, the camping on the Florida Trail. So I, I talked about this with Baker way back, like f- like over a year ago on our last Florida Trail episode. But um, I, I do want to hear it again. So that's one of the things whenever I'm talking about a trail I've never hiked or a trail I don't really know that much about, I always wonder about camping, right? Because I'm used to, you know, the AT, the Log Trail, the Adirondacks where there's, you know, frequent shelters and lean-tos and stuff. And in just like established campsites that are marked and have like privies and all this stuff so i i'm always kind of curious yeah when i'm when i'm hearing about these other trails and it sounds like there are like some established campsites on the florida trail yeah shelters and stuff yeah there are uh over the entire florida scenic trail there's uh i think 10 shelters so it's maybe like one every 100 miles some of those are kind of on the uh because there's alternate routes you know you can go east around this way or west around that way or you could finish at alabama or you could finish on the beach you know so some of those shelters are on sections that people don't do as frequently okay but yeah there's totally shelters out there and you know there's definitely established campsites with the whole picnic table and the fire ring and a you know a pump for water or just a nice little stream or something there's certainly a lot of established campsites but then also like the dispersed camping is great i think me and lotus my girlfriend uh we most of the time just camped wherever we kind of felt like stopping, you know, or maybe found like some beautiful hammock of trees to camp underneath. And, you know, we never really had a problem with that at all. Are there like, um, like stealth sites and stuff too, like kind of like the AT where you'll see a spot that has obviously been camped at before, but is not like an official site. Are you camping in spots like that? Or is it more just like straight up, like legitimate stealth camping where there's been like no impact or anything like that? Yeah, I'd say it's more so like legitimate stealth camping. You know, you don't really have to, like on the Appalachian Trail, you don't really have to deal with rocky terrain or anything. The The soil and the ground in Florida is all very like plush to sleep on. As I'm sure many of you know, I sleep on like the thinnest <laughs> of thin foam mats. So, you know, the Florida ground is perfect for it, either grassy or leafy or leaves and yeah, so there's there's plenty of stealth camping, but it's definitely, you know, you wouldn't really know that anyone else has camped there before, but if it's really beautiful, you can be sure someone had. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so let's talk about the bad stuff or or, or what I perceive as the bad stuff. So I'm just I'm just trying to think like off the top of my head. So I'm just going to go through a couple of the things from most obvious to least obvious because I will stop thinking of things eventually. Um, like the bad things that come to mind when I think about the Florida trail and I'll have you, I'll have you either rebuke them or speak to them or whatever. Anyway. So the first and most obvious one for me is the, uh, I'm sure everyone knows what I'm about to say, like the water, dude, the freaking swamps and walking through that shit. Like talk about that. Like that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the, the Florida trail and just Florida in general, it changes so fast. So this year was actually a dry year. I hiked this trail in 2017 and that was also a dry year. So this hike, I only had to get my shoes wet like twice, Okay, you know, it wasn't even that bad. And all of that was those two times were in the Southern 30 miles, you know, the southernmost 30 miles of the entire trail. Those are the only times I really got my feet wet. Um, and same with my other through hike of it, you know, so you may just get lucky and be hiking during a dry year. Or, you know, you could always plan to do something else if (laughs) the water really, like, freaks you out that much. You know, as we were mentioning, there's the Wachita Trail or, you know, a lot of trails that would be good in the winter um, beyond the Florida Trail as well. I'm always happy, you know, you don't have to hike something you don't want to. There's plenty of options out there. Sure, sure. But yeah, the water walking some years can be bad, but it, it is pretty rare that you would be running into like just sustained hiking through swamps. Okay, and so like how – I know, and again, I know it varies, but like how long – at least just from your experience, like how long are you hiking in the water for? Is it just like a half mile or just like you know an ex- a large river basically or are you doing it for like – five, six, like all day, like how, how, how much? Yeah. Well, the, the southernmost 30 miles through Big Cypress, Big Cypress is the Everglades. 
it is a uh, swamp, it is wetlands, you know, so those 30 miles are totally wet. Damn. Um, actually, this year it was so dry that only like 10 of those miles were wet. But typically you can imagine 30 miles walking through water right off the bat for northbounders at least. What about like camping? Camping. Well, there's all these like little islands, and that's actually really cool. Oh, you know, that is you're walking cool. through you're walking through water, but then you come across this nice island and it's a hammock with all these like trees over top of you. So that's really beautiful. But yeah, during a wet year there's there's sections that will be wet. Kissimmee Prairie Preserve is generally pretty wet and Bradwell Bay is known as like the hardest swamp on the trail, which both times I did it was bone dry. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> never got to experience that, I guess. But, uh, yeah, you know, so there's sections that are like known to be wet and it would generally just be for like, you know, a quarter of a day or a half of a day or like this year, you know, every time we basically had to get our feet wet, I was able to just take off my shoes. So I didn't even have to really get my shoes wet at all. Oh damn! <laughs> so, you know, it's not that bad, but it does vary greatly from year to year. There was a section up North where me and Lotus were walking across this boardwalk and this boardwalk over a dry swamp, totally dry. Okay. You know, so it seemed to us like the boardwalk doesn't even need to be here. We saw pictures from a month later of the northbounders going over that same boardwalk where they were walking through ankle deep water on the boardwalk. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. So things can change fast. They really can. But at the same time, it's these sections are few and far between unless you're really hiking during a super, super wet year, you Dude. know, which that in itself would be <laughs> a very interesting experience. So, yeah, really. You know, but I, I definitely understand people's fear with that. I just think, uh, you know, the, the fear of walking through water, it's never that bad. And once you take that first step, you know, it's nothing but just refreshing. You know, you have some gators maybe to keep... <laughs> you calling the swamp through a swamp refreshing? <laughs> it is. You know, you're getting your feet. Yeah, it's man. nice and cool. And uh, if you have some gators on your shoes, you know, then you okay, don't have okay. to worry about anything getting in your shoes. And I think people's fear comes from really the animals you're going to find in there. So that's, what I was, that's where I was going next. So my listeners know that I hate snakes. And, you know, again, I've been in Vermont my whole life. You know, we don't have... Uh, Ven- venom god i always mess that word up venomous venomous <laughs> see i always say venomous poisonous yeah. snakes i know that's not correct technically but poisonous is not correct they're venomous i know people people <laughs> give me shit for that sometimes but anyways we don't have danger dangerous snakes um yeah. so even on the appalachian trail that was a little bit sketchy for me so and, and of course there's you know no water moccasins on the at or at least not for most of it so Water moccasins kind of freak me out a little bit. You're walking through a swamp. I feel like it might be harder to see them. I don't know what's freaking floating around in there. So that's honestly what really gets me, like, more than just getting my feet wet. It's more like the snakes and shit. And, like, I don't know. I'm not from Florida. Well, so. you actually <laughs> mentioned a really good thing. You said floating around in there. And that's the biggest point. These snakes don't sink. They just float on the top. So you never have to worry about the snake being under the water, like waiting for you. You will always see what looks like this wet, you know, uh, hose just curled up on the water or something. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. But also over my two through hikes, my first through hike, I didn't see a single snake for the entire 1,100 miles. And the second through hike, I only saw two venomous snakes and both of those were right next to each other. So, you know, you may not see any at all. Were they water <laughs> moccasins kind of felt like or copperheads? I, what were they? Yeah, those were water moccasins the second time around. And um, yeah, it's definitely something to be concerned about. You know, you don't want to go out in the wilderness and not and just be like head in the clouds totally all the time. It's same with like weather. You always want to be checking about the weather and thinking about the weather. Yeah. It's similar. You know, you want to be looking where you're walking. And that goes for any trail with the copperheads on the AT. You know, you don't want to just be stepping on one because you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've kind of figured over, you know, all of my section hiking and through hiking in Florida and stuff that I've only seen one water moccasin per every like thousand miles that I've hiked here. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a little bit more reassuring, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So that's with the water moccasins. And then another thing to consider, and this also goes for the alligators is that you're hiking the Florida trail in the winter. These animals are cold blooded. 
So these animals, they are just lethargic. They are, you know, it's cold out. The water is cold. These animals just want to soak up the sun. They do not have the energy to deal with you. They do not have the energy to be doing anything, you know. So hiking it in the winter, you're really not going to have any problems with alligators and snakes. You may see them. We certainly saw alligators, but all of them were like way, way off trail. Um, so the winter is really, you know, it's the time to hike. Say you're hiking in Florida, you're coming out to do the Florida trail in June, you know, you'd run into many, many more problems other than the animals. But June is like <laughs> alligator mating season. Oh, and, geez. uh, I was actually a long time ago, I was actually bluff charged by an alligator during mating season. Damn. So that is, that is the middle of summer. That is when it says it's hottest. And that's when the alligators and the snakes are the most active. In the winter, they're just not active. They do not want to deal with you. They do not want to have anything to do with you. So, <laughs> Dude, t- talking about freaking alligator, uh, talking about alligators, like in the context of a through hike, that's like a foreign concept to me. Like, like here, just hearing you say, like when you said alligators the first time there, it's like clicked in my head. I was like, damn, that's actually crazy. That's like such yeah, a, they're awesome. Not used you to know, that. It's, <laughs> it's Jurassic. It's they're dinosaurs, so it's really cool to see them. But you don't generally see them in your path. They're almost always just like way off to the side. And you know, maybe if you're like one foot tall and uh, I don't know, weigh like twenty pounds, then maybe an alligator would be interested in you. But as like a human, six feet tall, five feet tall, whatever, you know, however much you weigh, like. We are just way too big to have to deal with. Right, and, right. You know, yeah. Do they, do they like <laughs> do they like try to get your food and shit like bears do? <laughs> no, hang, hang no. An there, was, back? <laughs> there was one time, and this was also like hiking in the summer where I was camping near like a river and an alligator was just like staring at me from where I was camping. You know, so I just, I got a little bit like you know, I don't, I don't enjoy being looked yeah, at yeah. by this alligator. So I wound Definitely up like not. packing up my stuff and moving, you know, it's not going to bother me, but it, it just bothered me. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> well, that seems pretty fucking sketchy. I would, I would agree with that. So, yeah. So that, that's pretty uncommon, especially in the winter. So what's, uh, I definitely asked Baker this question too, but say dead of winter, I don't know, January, like, what are you looking at for temperatures? down there yeah so temperatures here are pretty crazy um they vary wildly we had temperatures this time around uh i think our coldest night was 27 degrees with wind chills of like 20 in florida and then our, yes so we woke up to frost on everything and wound up wearing all of our clothes for the entire day you know temperatures never rose above like 40 that day you know and then um uh, Towards the end of our hike, once you're starting to get into like March, I think our hottest day was probably the high 80s. Wow. You know? Damn. <laughs> so most most nights are pretty mild where you're sleeping in like 40 degree, 50 degree temps or something like that. Um, but you do have these swings of it could be hotter and it could certainly also be colder. I've said in the past that actually my coldest nights ever through hiking and this goes for hiking the international AT or the AT or hiking through the Sierra on the PCT or anything. My coldest nights have actually been in Florida. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Also, so. side note, hearing you talk about the international AT, I've got some questions about that in a minute because I've always, yeah, I've always wondered about that trail. And I'm pretty sure someone sent me a message a few days ago asking me to talk about that trail. Anyways, um, Okay, so other bad things I hear about the Florida Trail. So the, the most obvious is, yeah, like the, uh, the 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 swamps and the snakes and I guess the alligators and shit. How about, and again, I don't know very much about this trail, so this is what I hear, um, like road walking and not really like being, because like I said before we started recording, talking to Alex, dude had a freaking skateboard with him. So talk, yeah, can't just talk about cool. the road walking because, you know, obviously people don't like to road walk a lot of the time. Yeah, well, I have one more quick little thing to add about the swamps. Okay, if you go sure. southbound, you uh, you actually don't have to go into a swamp until you're like 200 or 300 miles into your hike. So, you know, go southbound if you don't like the swamps, and by that time you're too far into it to care. Yeah, nice. But, uh, <laughs> so the road walking. The road walking is certainly a thing, and uh, I, I kind of equate it, you know, people coming directly from the Pacific Crest Trail or directly from the Appalachian Trail, you know, they've – They've been on these trails that are in such good shape and such good help, health with, you know, so much 
support and volunteers and you know those trails can really get things done and you're not going to do much road walking on those trails as you know you know the pct may have like a few miles here and there the at has a few miles here and there you know but so many other trails beyond the florida trail the shelter trace trail the pacific northwest trail had a lot you know so many of these smaller trails out there just don't have that support, don't have these volunteers and don't have these people advocating for them and, you know, complaining to uh, local governments about that type of stuff, you know. So the Florida Trail has road walking, but so do all of these small trails. You're not going to find very many that don't other than the Uinta Highland Trail and the Arizona Trail. I guess the Arizona Trail has a lot of Forest Service roads, so even that, you know, but the AZT is really a model trail for any of these other national scenic trails out there, you know, or any of the other national recreation trails or anything. But yeah, the Florida Trail has it, and I guess the, the one big thing for me was, since I hiked this trail three years ago, the big thing that I noticed was just that, you know, so many of the shorter road walks that I'd hiked or I'd walked, you know, these roads years ago, <laughs> A lot of them have actually already been rerouted into the woods. So, they're, you know, so it's changing, be, yeah. It's changing, and it's changing fast. So there was many sections where I, you know, hiked it before. I was telling Lotus, like, all right, you know, up here we're going to go right on this road, and we'll follow that for a few miles. We get there, and the trail just crosses the road and goes into the woods again. And I'm like, <laughs> nice. well, that's weird. That's new. You know, so the roadwalks are changing, and they're disappearing. And I feel like the best way to you know, to continue them disappearing is just have more people out there, you know, showing interest in this trail, you know, whether that's section hiking or volunteering or anything like that, you know, but, um, yeah. So for the northbound hikers, the road walking is really the worst. Again, the southbound hikers got it good. And that's why I've gone southbound twice, you know, southbound, you're starting out, you're walking 30 miles of the beaches, and then you're entering into this wilderness. And it's just beautiful for so many miles for hundreds of miles, you know, where you just don't really have to deal with much of that, much of that stuff that no one wants to deal with, you know, the roads and all that swamps, Yeah, yeah. you know, whereas the northbounders, they get a really incredible 30 mile start where you're hiking through this amazing, amazing swamp, big cypress, and then you begin bike paths for a long ways, like dirt roads for a long ways. So northbound hikers really got it hard to start. But generally, once uh, once you get into the hike and once you're, you know, certainly the entire like center of the hike, the middle areas, like there's not that much to deal with. There's three major road walks out there. One of them's up near the Suwannee River, and that one is like all dirt roads and you know, the churches are all friendly. They let you sleep at oh, the churches. Cool. And, okay, cool. You know, so that, like, we hardly even saw any traffic. Then, you know, there's another one kind of in central Florida that's long. And again, not really much traffic. And then the ones down south where those are a little bit harsher. But, uh, you know, so the road walking is a thing. But I've been happy to see and happy to report that, you know, it's changing. And hopefully in the coming years, five years, 10 years, you know, a lot more of those will disappear. And I've certainly, I have ideas looking at maps and, you know, having done this trail so many times, I'd love to talk to the Florida Trail Association or the Forest Service, you know, about my ideas on how to reroute this trail to avoid those. Because there's certainly areas where, you know, the trail can just re be rerouted where the roadwalk would be a lot shorter and you'd get to experience this whole new section of trail and this whole new s section of wilderness. Yeah, man. So, you know, the the wilderness is out there. It's just up to the association and up to the Forest Service to, you know, change that and make that be. Yeah, that, so. that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And, and obviously not all roadwalks are created equal, kind of, you know, you just alluded to that. That is true. Because yeah. there's a big difference between walking on, like, a Forest Service road, which I happen to enjoy quite a bit, especially in the context of, like, a longer hike, gives you a little bit of a break, versus yeah, hiking on, like, a, nice a paved... <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, for sure. Like, I, I'm all about Forest Service roads, honestly. But then, you know, hiking on a on a paved highway or you're out in the open and maybe oh, there's traffic, horrible. it fucking sucks. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, there, there's like one, one very short road walk like that, you know, and even that one, it, it's just, it's so short. You knock it out in like an hour and you're done with it. Okay. So that's not so, too bad. Not too bad, but yeah, I, I kind of feel like with the road walks, you know, don't let that shy you away too much. Because if you find the scenery in Florida, you know, the pictures I've posted online or the videos I've posted of Florida, if you find the scenery beautiful, 
then, you know, I think that's like really the important part. And if push came to shove, I know some people just skip the roadwalks. There's a guy that's like the floor trail like seven or eight times. His name is Grits. Every single year he's out there through hiking it. And he says he's done three honest through hikes. Or in other <laughs> words, he skips some roadwalks those other like four or five times. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> if you enjoy the scenery and you think that's cool, you know, that we got a lot of cool rivers and cool birds and you want to see some alligators and stuff, then I think that should be the that should be the thing. So why don't you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because like my next um quote bad quote thing that I was going to bring up about the trail was going to be the fact that Florida is flat as fuck and there's no mountain views and all this epic stuff, right? So obviously people, especially us up in the Northeast and I'm sure people out West as well are used to these, you know, epic, yeah, mountain views and stuff. And, and obviously you're not going to get those in Florida. So why don't you just go ahead and talk about the scenery? Cause again, I haven't really been out bleh, haven't really been down there that much, so I'm just kind of curious, you know, I just picture like swamps and forests and shit, but I'd I'd like to hear about that stuff. Sure, yeah. Um the scenery in Florida, I mean, heading southbound, you start out with like thirty miles of walking on a beach and you're hiking over these like sand dunes that are, you know, maybe thirty, forty feet tall. So that's really cool. Can you're you like into this. sorry to cut you off, but can you like camp on the beach? Because that sounds kind of Yeah, sick. you can camp on the beach. Funny enough, I've lived in Florida my whole life and I had never camped on the Damn. beach until I hiked the Florida Trail. So how you know, like you can um, camp out there and how like remote are the beaches there? Is it are, are you like walking, you know, by like proper like houses and stuff too like while you're on the beach like that's the only like beach i can picture i guess yeah it's it's split up you're walking on uh it's the gulf islands national seashore which i don't think there's very many national seashores in the country maybe like 10 or 10 of them and a few of them are in florida but yeah so you're hiking gulf islands national seashore and this is actually an area uh the truman show is just filmed down the road from the florida trail there oh, if, cool. if you're a fan of that i love that movie <laughs> so that's pretty cool yeah. but uh yeah, so the beaches are kind of like split up. Uh, you hike maybe 10 miles of just along the beaches. It's pretty remote. Um, you know, you're not really going to see many other people. Like you may see some cars off in the distance. And then you kind of enter this like more civilized area with some restaurants. So our first day of the Fort Trail, we got to eat at a nice restaurant, got some burgers and stuff, some French fries. You know, and then you enter another like 20 miles of beaches that are also like pretty remote. Again, you may see some people here or there that are parked and hanging out at the beaches. You may see some cars in the distance, but generally the sand dunes are big enough where you don't really see any of that. Interesting. You know, so you just get to hear the crashing of the ocean and yeah. See, one of the, one of the things I'm picking up from this conversation so far is just that it's 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 going to be just such a unique experience, right? Like it's it just like Well, the the diversity throughout the state is you know, it's definitely flat. It's absolutely flat. There's no mountains, but even that kind of has its own benefits where, you know, I was hoping to use the Florida Trail this year as kind of a primer to another hike. You know, the Florida Trail only takes like a month and a half to two months to do it, you know, so that's not the biggest commitment in the world. You can do that and then go off and do the Appalachian Trail or do the Pacific Crest Trail or something and you have your legs under you. Yeah. So it's a nice, uh, the flat, it's, it's a nice break and it's, you know, when I was hiking south on the Appalachian Trail, right after that, I did the Pinhoti Trail and the Florida Trail. You know, I was so excited to be done with mountains. I was done climbing up those big climbs. I was done hurting my knees going down the down the inclines and stuff. So, you know, to just have flat for a ways, it, it may take a few days to get used to just the flatness. You know, the not varied terrain to kind of give your muscles different uh, uh, workouts, but you know, that certainly has its benefits as well. And I think I think another, and probably the biggest selling point about this trail for me, and this is like no shit because it's Florida, but just the time of year that you hike it is like opposite yeah. of like everything else, especially up here in the Northeast. So if I ever wanted to do like a longer backpacking trip in the middle of the winter, I'd pretty much have to be going to, to the Florida Trail or at least something like, you know, that far south or, or pretty far yeah, down the there. the Florida so. Trail, the... The Wachita Trail I thought would be a good winter hike, so that would certainly be snowing and stuff. So 
winter, but more mild than maybe up north, yeah. you know, or maybe like Southern California type stuff. But even then, you know, if you're getting high up in elevation, like people may look at the Arizona trail, like, oh, it's desert, you know, you could hike it in the winter, but no, 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 it's very high elevation. Right, so right. yeah, there's, there's not too many options in the States to hike in the winter, but they're certainly out there. So yeah, I, I love to point that out too. And I know a trail maintainer, maintainer a friend of mine, he hiked the Appalachian Trail like in, I don't know, 2005 or maybe even earlier than that. And he had little pamphlets that said, where else are you going to hike? And it said the Florida Trail. Oh, nice. <laughs> where else are you going to hike in the winter? The Florida Trail. So, yeah, it's a good place to come, whether you're coming doing a section hike or, you know, just checking out some scenery. Doing yeah, man. Hike. So my last, like, uh, potentially, this is, this is going to be a dumb one, honestly. But when I think of Florida... And I know other people up here or that haven't been to Florida very much might think this. I think of especially the parts that are not like in the big tourist cities. I think of being like kind of sketchy. I don't know, like fucking meth heads and shit. So I don't know. And especially if you're going to be on roads a lot. Again, kind of stupid question. But are there any parts that are like unsafe or like kind of sketchy in that regard? You know, I haven't really run into that. The one thing that might be of concern is uh hunting season you know so there are certain areas uh there's like this hundred mile stretch up north apalachicola national forest where you know it is a very popular hunting destination so a lot of hunters come out there so that would be the only concern with like maybe people messing with you or something but Mm -hmm. i haven't really uh run into any of that myself you know i've always been able to find a really secluded like stealth spot uh, I haven't really had any like bad interactions with people. Um, but you know, certainly keep your wits about you. I think in a lot of ways, the vast majority of the towns you go through are so small that it's like, there's, there's nothing there for the homeless people. You know, the homeless people go to the bigger cities where they can get, you know, the handouts and they can get more benefits and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, see, yeah, it's kind of a dumb question, but I don't know. I just, no, I always I, think of like this, it. like in, in the Florida man, like kind of thing, you know, there's always yeah, like, some weird yeah. shit going on there. So I just had to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> dude, I think you're, I think you're, you're doing a good job of, of selling me on this trail. I, st- I still, don't, I, I don't know if I'd go for a through hike still, but I am like interested to actually like go down there and, and do like a section or something because again, yeah, like, come down, do a section, see what you think, you know, come do the Swanee river or, you know, here, here's the biggest thing I love about Florida. Florida has more natural springs than any other state in the really? country. Okay. Yeah. And the Florida trail actually passes by like, I don't know, five or six of them or something, you know, along the way. So, you know, if you're coming down and you're just visiting and you got a rental car, you could just hit spring after spring after spring. You could buy like a little mask and snorkel and dive down into these like caves oh, and damn. stuff. You know, so on the Florida Trail, you're hiking through Ocala National Forest and you can just dip off trail. It's like a 0.2 side trail to go to Juniper Springs where you can swim and wash off. And they got like a concession stand with ice cream and, you know, microwavable food. You know, you can dip off trail and do like the half mile side trail to Alexander Springs or there's Salt Springs and uh, Silver Glen Springs. And, you know, up north, there's like, uh, I think Devil's Hole is one we swam at that, you know, there's no one, no one comes to this like one spot, Devil's Hole. And it's just us like swimming there in that spring. And it was awesome. So, you know, I, if you, if you, if the through hike doesn't call to you, you know, don't push it. Just come out, try it, give it a shot some winter. You know, if you got some time off and you got a little money or whatever, you know, give it a little section to go and see what you think. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It sounds a, it's it's sounds slightly more enticing now. Not gonna lie. Yeah, but again, I feel like you know, if you don't want to do the four trail, that's cool too. There's a lot of trails out there that are awesome that I'm sure would call to you more. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's tough during the winter though. You know, there's not too many options. Um, yeah, you bet. I. What about resupply? So, again, Baker talked about that in our episode. But are there any like unique? considerations in terms of resupply you know specific to the florida trail (laughs) it is so easy the resupply is so easy there are so many days where you know and here's a benefit of like some road walks every now and then is that you're gonna pass by a gas station you're gonna pass by a convenience store (laughs) maybe you're walking (laughs) through a big town or something but you know there are days where 
we could have stopped and gone to a restaurant like twice that day. Or, you know, there are days where like earlier on in the day we would hit a gas station and then later on in the day we'd be at near like a supermarket. Okay. You know, so the resupply is super easy. I think on average uh, we were going about 60 miles in between towns. And that's, you know, including the one or two like longer carries, you know, the 120 mile or whatever you know, most of the time you're like only a day away, two days away from resupply. Okay, it's not really bad. Never have to carry very much food. And I personally love that. And the one issue is that a lot of these places are very small towns or very small stores. So the selection isn't great. Um, the first time I did this trail, I sent myself 100% boxes, you know, resupply boxes the whole way. Oh, wow. That's just how I like to operate. You know, that's how I did the Appalachian Trail and so many other trails. Um, I just love resupply boxes. This second trail, I only sent three, you know, to a couple spots where I knew like, you know, there's not much here. I'm going to want better foods. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So if I had to do it a third time, I'd probably do more resupply boxes just to get like that nicer stuff. But, you know, generally these places, you can find that beef jerky, you can find that tuna, the chips, the, you know, whatever you want. It's just if maybe you're more of a health conscious hiker, you know, less yeah, yeah. of the sugary stuff, then, you know, maybe a few more resupply boxes here and there would make you happy. Dude, so. you're the first hiker I've ever heard say that they like sending resupply boxes. Oh, I love it, dude. <laughs> it, it's like... You know, I put in all the work before I leave for the hike. And then once I'm on the hike, I just have to go into town, pick up my box and I can leave. You know, I don't have to think about how many days I need worth of food. I don't have to go into the grocery store and count out calories for, you know, every day that I'm going to be out, you know, and try and figure that out. It's already done. It's already figured out. You know, I can go into town and just actually enjoy it. Interesting. You know? Interesting. Or I can just leave quick. Yeah. So if you're trying to like hike faster or hike yeah. more miles. Or, yeah, I can see you that. Know, save money by doing a trail a little bit quicker you know resupply boxes is a great way to kind of save on time and yeah dude that's that's funny and you know people you hear that term the town vortex all the time that's because you get to town and you're trying to think of all the chores you got to do and you know you're putting some of them off maybe you're not doing laundry yet or you don't want to go to the grocery store to resupply you just want to eat you know so with resupply boxes it's just like it helps you get in and out you yeah know, you man. don't get stuck in that vortex interesting so, yeah like i said like i don't hear many people <laughs> say they like resupply boxes and i know i'm and not a big else. fan so I, that was just that that was surprising and, and i understand yeah. on some trails like they're a necessity um but right. even I, on like the at damn that's crazy most most people wouldn't recommend resupply boxes and I wouldn't either. I kind of say to most people like, you know, if you, if, if you know, you know, if you know you're, <laughs> if resupply boxes are going to benefit you, then you're going to be already doing it. You probably don't need to ask is if, if resupply boxes are for you. Yeah. You know, maybe you have a special diet or maybe you just want to eat healthier. Maybe you want to go quicker, you know? So, yeah. 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 I mean, they're definitely, you know, I'm not, saying you should never ever carry them obviously there are some circumstances and some trails like i said that you just have to send them because there's no other options but um yeah that's that's interesting it's good to have like a balanced uh, a, a balance of opinions on resupply boxes because i'm pretty sure i've railed against them a couple times in previous episodes oh yeah a lot of people <laughs> do and i i totally understand you know there's some people where i remember this one guy who uh had packaged all his resupply boxes up before he started his hike and you know he's 200 miles into like a 2,000 mile trail maybe even less 100 miles in and I remember seeing him post on Facebook that like hey I hate every single thing in my resupply box I can't <laughs> eat this I'm out like two thousand dollars oh it's you know so so some people it really really is bad but you know for others it, it works great yeah you know and that's why I say like if you know you know <laughs> it's true it's I, true. I certainly I wouldn't be sending yourself like bone broth like remember it's got to be stuff <laughs> that you're actually going to enjoy because <laughs> you're certainly not going to enjoy a lot of things out there you're going to be like why did I do this to myself you know I'm so sick of but, peanut yeah. butter and fucking all that shit yeah yeah actually the only thing the only food I've ever gotten sick of and I can't eat anymore is dark chocolate I can't eat oh, any more dark chocolate. What? Yeah. Dude, I literally had dark chocolate like right before we started recording. I know. I, I can't dark touch chocolate. this stuff. Damn. I had it like, you know, nearly every day on the Appalachian Trail and now I can never touch it again. <laughs> Damn. That's unfortunate. Dark chocolate. Yeah. It's good. Dude, let's talk about the uh, the IAT, International Appalachian Trail, just for a yeah. second. So I've always been curious about this trail because I've like looked up information and I've, I've found decent information 
about from Katahdin to the New Brunswick. That's border. actually surprising to me because uh, the best information out there that I've found is for the Quebec section. Really? Whereas, like, uh, from Katahdin through Maine to the, the United States border there, you know, there used to be a guidebook for it. I don't know if you can still buy that guidebook. I actually found it in one of the shelters up there, and I carried it to, <laughs> like, the shelter closest to Katahdin and left it there for hopefully a northbound hike. See, when I say I found information, I basically mean I found, like, a couple documents that, like, had the route, right? But beyond that, like, I'm pretty thoroughly confused. So I, I guess, first of all, oh, yeah. did you – did you what were the circumstances of your hike? Did you do it right after you did the AT? Well, actually, I connected the IAT to the AT to the Pinhoti Trail to the Florida Trail to Key West. So I you're one of the nut jobs that did that shit. Yeah, so Dude, in 2016, I hiked 5,000 miles from like northern Quebec down to I Key actually, West, Florida. I actually didn't know. Like, I, I knew you'd done like all that stuff. I didn't realize you did it all at once. That's crazy. Yeah, Damn. I did all that in one go. So you two, yeah. you weren't just talking about like the uh, the northern part of the IAT. You were talking about like straight up just <laughs> the whole fucking thing. Damn, that's crazy. Well, uh, so I I went southbound on that hike, and you know I think a lot of people would probably you know as they're finishing up the Appalachian Trail if they still have some steam in them. They might consider like continuing on past Katahdin up up north, but I I say if you're only going to go to the U.S. border, don't bother. You know the main section has some cool areas uh, along the IAT, but it's a lot of like bike paths and stuff like that, which is really? nice. But it's much much better if you're letting those bike paths lead into the real gem of the international trail, and that is Quebec. Quebec is incredible. It is so amazing. It is so remote. You're hiking along the coastlines of Quebec where you're like looking out into the ocean and you're like watching seals that are watching you and you're hiking along these Damn, like boulders. I gotta got like look it up on Google Maps. Yeah, like look up uh, Gaspeezy Provincial Park, I think it is. Okay, okay. Uh, Gaspeezy Provincial Park is basically like the whites of New Hampshire, you know, where you're above tree line for like so long, but you know, you have this added benefit of there's caribou up there, there's moose, you know, and then like, unlike the whites where you're running into so many people, you're like one of the few people out there who are hiking it, yeah. you know, so it's, it's just incredible, you know, and just so lush. And they actually got this, like, I guess a grant a long time ago, and uh, they use that money to build shelters. So every oh, like no I don't know, That's twenty sick. kilometers or something, there's a shelter. And actually, every like forty kilometers or something, they built like a freaking log cabin. You know, a cabin with like bunk beds and a wood stove. And damn, you know, so it it's really really incredible. Like if if you want to do the international Appalachian trail, I'd recommend just doing Quebec. You know, Dude, it's I'm, like, I'm looking at some pictures right now. This looks sweet for sure. It's like 400 miles, you know, so it's, it's just a great distance to get out there and like see this other country. Is most of the Quebec section on actual trail as opposed to like yeah. walks and bike paths and stuff? Yeah. So the entire New Brunswick section, uh, except for like the middle is a bike path, the entire New oh, Brunswick wow. section. So that's like, I want to say 175 miles or 200 miles. And then about half of Maine is like trails. And then the other half is like bike paths or road, you know, so really the gem of the IAT is Quebec. And, you know, hopefully that changes in the coming years. Cause I think it, you know, Northern Maine is, is beautiful. And then the New Brunswick section, you go right by like the park with the highest point, in New Brunswick, but the trail doesn't even go in, Oh damn! you know? So uh quebec is quebec is the best part dude yeah. that's that's super cool um and then it's just like all these french people french canadians and <laughs> you know, i remember sitting outside of this like this uh little motel that just opened and you know i'm just sitting outside with like the owner this french guy just like sipping wine and watching the aurora <laughs> borealis over the coast you know it, it's yeah, dude. I was gonna ask you about else, that because you know, obviously, I live I live less than a hundred miles from the Quebec border, and so you know, I've been up there a decent amount. Not not in that part of Quebec. I've been to like the Montreal part of Quebec, but yeah, um, Montreal's I, just cool like thing. resupplying <laughs> with like people that I mean, I know they still speak English and stuff, but just like a different language. I feel like that'd be <laughs> that'd be kind of interesting. I don't know. Yeah, they're they have a lot of pride. You know, they're very. <laughs> 
you know, they love Quebec. There's actually, there's been movements every year to try oh, and like yeah. secede from Canada. They almost did and it, actually, dude, straight up. Yeah. The, the referendum back in like the early 2000s, I think it was, it was like a almost a dead tie vote, some crazy shit. Yeah, so it gets very close. They, they love their nation and they got a lot of pride for their nation. They got a lot of love. So, you know, I feel it's just out of respect that, you know, if you're going to go do that trail, you should learn some basic like yeah. French words, you know, just like how to say hello or, be kind of you fun, know. honestly. Yeah, it is. And a lot of, if you're a really friendly person, then they're just going to be friendly back. Some of them are not going to like that you're only speaking English to them. But, you know, I feel like if you just try and you have like, you know, at least bonjour, you know, bonjour, you know, then they're going to be like, oh, you know, this person at least like, I don't know. That, that's the way I felt. I ran into just so many nice people and I felt like there was only one uh, waiter that kind of gave me the stink eye. Yeah. Even there was this homeless guy that I was talking to. I was totally lost. And this homeless guy was trying to give me directions in French. And he was just like the nicest dude in the world. And he sat with me for like 20, 30 minutes, just like with my map, kind of telling me where I oh, went. Oh, nice, nice. I didn't understand like a word, but he actually got me <laughs> back on trail, you know? <laughs> That's so good. Did, so did you, did you, like, where did, like, where does it end? You know, because I've heard even like some people say it goes all the way into like freaking like Europe or whatever, or not Europe. Yeah, New, so New, the New... Appalachian Mountains, I guess, were kind of split long, long ago or when Greenland, the continents were split. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, you know, if you want to be like, if you want to be that guy, you know, you could say that the Appalachian Trail Mountains continue like uh, through the sea and then down south through like <laughs> Europe and stuff. But, you know, uh, basically you could do two things that I feel are uh, legit and people have actually done. You can start all the way up in Newfoundland. Newfoundland looks kind of cool and there's certainly a lot of wilderness up there. So you, if I would recommend, if you're a very experienced hiker, to just make your own route through Newfoundland. You know, otherwise, I think the official trail is kind of following like roads and stuff through Newfoundland. Interesting. You know, and the reason I didn't do that section was not for the road or whatever. It was actually because you have to take a boat from Newfoundland to or from Newfoundland to Nova Scotia and then through Nova Scotia there's like bike paths that you take to Quebec and I think you take like a shuttle from Nova Scotia to I don't know it's <laughs> it's weird once you get north of so Quebec So that's what I was going to ask you about cuz that's where like my my information started to just you know get yeah. blurry so So the reason I think <laughs> the reason I started at the northern point of like the Gaspésie Peninsula in Quebec was that is where the Appalachian trip or that is where the Appalachian mountains disappear into the ocean. Yeah. They disappear. So you're standing on top of this, just this massive cliff and there's no more mountains, you know, it's just ocean. So I feel like that is a very logical end yeah. point or start point, Makes sense to you know, me. but if there's certainly a lot of people and even the, the guy that kind of created the route has said like, Oh, the official, you know, if <laughs> I don't even consider my own hikes that didn't end in Newfoundland official hikes. And it's like, ah, whatever, dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I think like Quebec, it's, it's awesome. And you know, Newfoundland is cool, but I don't know if you're not inspired <laughs> to do the bike paths through Nova Scotia and take the boat to Newfoundland to walk some roads and just send in Quebec. Makes a lot of yeah. sense to me. Makes a lot of sense to me. Dude, that's so cool. And like, I, I just, I don't, hear from many people who hike up there and, and no. it's, it's relatively close for me. I mean, it's, I was the drive, only through but... hiker that year. The only through hiker. Yeah. Classic. So is, isn't there like a section that follows maybe I, maybe I'm making this up. I feel like I, I saw this somewhere though. There's like a section that follows the, um, the border between the U S and Canada, like the literal border, like the yeah, that's shit. actually really cool. So, uh, you know, once you, well, you know, I headed south, so head, walking through New Brunswick, I'm coming up to the border crossing, and I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Where's the trail going to go? You know, does it go through the woods? Do I just cross silently? You know, and I saw in my guidebook, it says to call border patrol and tell them, hey, I'm hiking the International Appalachian Trail. I'm going to be hiking along the border between, you know, this area and this area. You know, if you guys are out there, say hello. Thanks. You know, and I did that, and everything was cool. But so when I'm coming up to the border crossing, you actually get off like the trail and you get on a little road just briefly and you walk through the border crossing with all the cars. So there I was standing in line with all these cars, 
you know, just waiting to get, you know, checked out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I get up to the border crossing and the guy's like, oh, so what are you doing? And it's like, well, I've been hiking in Canada for past month or whatever, you know, and I'm heading back into the United States. I'm from Florida. And he's like, awesome. Have fun. You know, <laughs> so it didn't check me out. Nothing. Um, so that was super easy. But then you actually... It's called the Border Trail, and just like, you know, you've seen in Pacific Crest Trail finish photos, where behind the monument, there's just this long expanse of uh, grass that has been kind of clear-cut, you know, to represent this is the border between the United States and Canada, and you actually walk along that for, I think, 10 miles. That's so cool. It was pretty cool, and it was interesting to see that, like, every mile, or every kilometer even, less than a mile, like 0.6, you know. Uh, there was this monument that stood, you know, either one foot tall or there were some that were like five feet tall. You know, every kilometer there was this like these monuments that said United States, you know, Canada. And I thought, yeah. how funny is this? You know, a place that absolutely no one goes. And here we erect these like little monuments like every mile. Yeah. It's cool, <laughs> so, man. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because the long trail, it's like this. Well, you're, you don't walk along the border there. But when you finish, when you get to the Canadian border, there's one of those monuments there. And it's just like, yeah, it's that, cool. It's just like the same exact style. Yeah. 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 It's cool, man. Dude, let's uh, let's let's do a story. We're at the end of the episode here. I'm gonna have to have you back on at some point because I I have a lot more questions. And let's be real, you've done a lot of shit. You could probably talk about this stuff for for ages. But yeah, anyways, I'd, I'd love to come back and you know talk about all the things I loved about the Pacific Northwest Trail or the Uinta Highline Trail. I actually, really I, I haven't talked or... about either one of those trails on the show yet. So let's yeah, do it, dude. So, let's do it. That'd be awesome. But anyways, a story. So uh, I know I, I gave you a pretty decent heads up compared to a lot of my guests. So sounds like you got one <laughs> ready to go. So let's uh, let's hear it. Yeah. Well, you asked me about like my favorite story from on tra- being on trail or through hiking, and you know it's it's so hard to kind of think back of all these times. You know, it's like well, I did it, I loved it, and you know sometimes a picture will uh, bring up memories and stuff. But it's hard to just think about one thing. But I did actually have one on the top of my head, actually, from the Florida Trail. Perfect, perfect. And uh, it was from my first time I hiked the Florida Trail. I was actually, you know, since I had started up in Canada, at this point, I was like, you know, nearly 4,000 miles into my hike. I had not seen anyone in like 300 miles or something, not a single other hiker at all through like Alabama or southern Georgia. And uh, I get to the Florida Trail and... I wanted to set a speed record. So <laughs> that's that's a whole other thing. I wound up being successful with that. But anyway, so I get to the Florida Trail and this is like my second night camping. I hadn't seen anyone in forever and I'm just sitting down on this bench, you know, maybe eating a snack or something. And here comes these two hikers, you know, it's this lady and this guy. And, you know, I can see from a distance, they're kind of looking at me like they didn't expect to see anyone else out here. (laughs) You know, I didn't expect to see anyone else out here. And I'm sure it's much weirder for someone who's just out for the night. You know, maybe they don't know me. They don't know if I'm homeless or what, what, what I'm about, you know. So we, we get to talking, you know, I'm generally a pretty friendly guy, generally pretty talkative and stuff. And I'm telling them about this like trip, you know, that I've been on these, like all these miles and the Appalachian trail and all hiking through Alabama and stuff. And, you know, they were just like, they were so stoked about it. They had heard of the Florida trail in the past and, you know, they had lived in this area forever. And, uh, you know, these this was kelly and sean kelly and sean if anyone's hiked the florida trail in the past like three years they know of these people these are florida trail uh trail angel extraordinaires i was the first through hiker that they had ever run into and they, they were just like so stoked about this whole through hiking thing they were just after meeting me uh They've told me that they just went online and just, you know, started following all these other through hikers and following the Florida Trail through hikers. And, you know, that year, I think they hosted like 20, 20 through hikers at their house, nice. you know, cleaned us and laundered us and brought us to restaurants and gas station or uh, supermarket, whatever. And just like, you know, that picked up my spirit so much that, you know, these were the first people I'd run into in so long. And these were like, you know, and then to run into them again this year and to hear about, you know, that they've been hosting all these hikers and helping out with the Florida Trail and volunteering to do trail maintenance. And wow. I just thought, like, you know, it, it is so amazing. You never know who you're going to run into. 
you know, you never know the type of impression you're going to leave on someone. And that's why I always try and say, like, you know, be friendly when you get to these towns, when you're talking to these people, like there's going to be someone, some other hiker someday that's going to come up behind you. And these people may run into them, too, you know, and you never know. You never know. Kelly and Sean have, you know, Sean actually threw hike the Florida Trail this year that while Kelly was still hosting hikers at their house. Wow. And, so I, that's just something that came to mind when you were asking about a favorite story. And, you know, I just thought it was, it, it, you just never know the type of people you'll meet and you never know the type of stuff you might inspire. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You, you never know what kind of influence you're going to leave. So that's really cool. That's a, it's one of the more uplifting, positive stories that I've, I've, I've heard on the show. I mean, there's been other ones too, but there's also been some not so positive ones. So yeah, that's good I can to hear. certainly think of some bad ones too, but you know, and especially the other side of the stone, uh, you know, coming up behind other hikers who left a bad impression and yeah. what that was like, oh, you know, so be, be friendly out there, you know, be nice to these towns. You know, a lot of them are, they're just now realizing that they have this new income that's entering their city that's coming to their small business especially you as know. you know through hiking is becoming more and more popular and all this stuff so yeah tell them about the trail tell them you're staying at the local motel that you're eating at the local restaurant that you're buying all this food you yeah know? tell them you're a hiker you know you're through hiking and that there's more behind you that's so awesome, dude. Yeah. Well, Jupiter, thank you so much, man. Like I said, we're gonna do another one shortly. Um, we're all stuck inside right now, so. We're going to do it. Um, yeah, man. Thank you so much. Why don't you go ahead and just let everybody know where they can go follow you, watch your stuff, all that all that stuff. Sure, yeah. I'm um, Jupiter. You can check me out if you search Jupiter Hikes, Jupiter Hikes on Instagram, Jupiter Hikes on Facebook, Jupiter Hikes on YouTube. I post YouTube videos at least once a week. You know, very, sometimes very more good than videos. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I even have a blog with all sorts of like guides on how to hike, you know, different things throughout the Florida Trail and just all my experiences hiking from Canada to Key West and you know, so Jupiter Hikes, I mainly post on Instagram and YouTube. Thank cool, you. man. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, dude. Dude, of course, fun. of course, of course. And uh, yeah, thanks to everybody for listening as well. Have a good one. <laughs>